Welcome to the Mystic Pools Journey Podcast. I'm Anna and this is Ruth. Howdy! And this is an occult history podcast. Today we're taking a deep dive into the history of the evil eye. Let's dive on in. Let's do it up. So, all right, let's break down this whole evil eye thing. So the evil eye is like this ancient belief in a curse triggered by a seriously jealous glare. People have been tripping up on this thing since like way back, like prehistoric level. They even dug up amulets dating back around like 5,000 years, all geared up to shield against the evil eye. And get this, around 40% of the world's crew is on board with this whole evil eye deal. It's pretty much everywhere. I feel like, yeah, I mean, like we can trace like some of it kind of back to certain areas, but it like it's real i guess it's just like a pervasive thing this is one of those like almost universal truths about humans <laughs> i think it is like at this point it's like the ouija board in a sense where it's like you can find the evil eye on underwear you can find the evil eye on slippers you can find the evil eye you know anything on amazon like they'll make anything they'll sell anything with the evil eye symbol on it and I'm sure, like, there's a lot of people that don't, like, quite know what the symbol is and just think, like, it's a pretty design or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they just think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But even, like, celebrities and, like, Gucci even had a line based off the evil eye. Like, there's just so much about it. It's, like, definitely, you know, a a thing that's prevalent in our society. It's a staple. It's a staple. So here's the deal. We should definitely clear up a couple of things first. So the blue eye imagery that you see is often called the evil eye, but that's not actually the evil eye. The blue eye that you see on everything everywhere is the amulet, often called a Nazar. That's pronounced right, right? Yeah, I believe you. That's how I would say it. (laughs) Yeah. And the real evil eye isn't the amulet itself. So it's not the blue eye. It's this curse unleashed by a seriously jealous glare. You know, the kind that comes from, like, pure envy. And the amulet, the blue eye, is like the superhero charm protecting you from that evil eye curse. Yep. Apparently, a throw in shade is just, like, a historical thing humans do. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay. So, humans just throw nasty looks at each other. And at one point, we kind of thought they were filled with evil magic if it was strong enough. Yeah, we really did. Now, this Nazar amulet has been kicking around in different forms for ages and ages. But tracing back the curse it's shielding you from? That's like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Ancient and a bit tricky. So when someone hits it big or gets like major recognition or, you know, whatever would cause envy and jealousy, they also kind of become like envy magnets. Like everyone around them starts shooting jealous vibes. And guess what? That envy turns it into a curse. And, like, this bad mojo set to undo all the good stuff they've got going on. Now, check this out. Okay, here we go with some fancy $10 words that I'm going to get wrong. So, here we go. The Heliodorus of Emesa, a dude from ancient Greece, nailed the concept. In his epic Greek romance, Aethiopica... He dropped this wisdom. (laughs) When someone eyeballs excellence with envy, they basically fill the air with bad vibes and send out their toxic energy to whatever's close by. That's a summation. It's it's like envy on steroids. It's spreading bad vibes like it's contagious. 
Like, every culture's got its own spin on the evil eye, too. And the eye symbol is so deep-rooted in our cultures that it's even sneaking into religious texts like the Bible and the Quran. It's like, no matter the vibes, pagan or not, the evil eye's got a spot in the cultural mix. It's basically the OG legend that refuses to be left out of the story. I'm learning that we all have a lot more power in our looks, like, just <laughs> in our, like, glances at one another than I think anyone wants us to really know. Um, but yeah, I do remember a friend telling me about the evil eye, but from like a Mexican culture perspective, because she was like, oh, sometimes people like, I think the full phrase is el mal de ojo. So ojo means eye, but sometimes they'll just shorten it to like ojos, like, oh, I don't want to give you ojos. And they'll like, like if they, if someone thinks that they have accidentally glared at someone, and they didn't mean to, or they're like envious of someone. They'll, they'll like come up and be like, I just I need to touch you to make sure I don't give you ojos. Like oh, they'll like cool. they'll be like no, like like they will come up and like touch you to just like make sure that they dispel anything they might have accidentally sent your way. Fine. But also, yeah, I was like, but also there's this custom that I learned about, where in some parts of Mexico is that they'll tie a bracelet made of red, usually made of red string, around a baby's wrist because it's thought that like children aren't you know they're very vulnerable and they aren't like strong enough to know to like dispel the magic or like they can't they have like their defenses are down they're babies right yeah right so a lot of babies will have this red bracelet and in some areas they even tie this they'll weave a, a local seed i don't know what where the seed is from i'm not sure like what plant or tree and you know it just kind of depends on the area but sometimes it's like they can stop wearing the bracelet once they can start speaking or if they have that seed it's when the seed turns from its dark brown color to a light brown color they can take the bracelet off because that means it's like cool they're old enough that they like they won't be as vulnerable to the evil eye so it's just super cool to That's hear about super all this cool. different yeah i was like i want to know more i want to know all the other write in does, does your culture <laughs> Yeah, tell us everything. I want to know what your amulets are. I think it's a good idea to be protecting these babies because I know that I am obscenely jealous of babies and glare at a baby every chance I get. Like, I see a baby and I'm like, that fucking baby's got no taxes to pay. No taxes, just no chilling, bills. drinking milk, eating Cheerios. Like, that's a good baby life. Good so, baby life. Just shit your pants and walk <laughs> yeah, around and no one right? cares. Exactly. So, anyways, I'm glad there's protection against all the bad vibes I'm throwing to babies. Yeah, clearly Ruth is the one that you have to worry about Ohos from, so... Right. Hmm. So, big thinkers have even thrown in their two cents, and one cool cat was a Greek philosopher, Plutarch, which, I mean, best name in all of history. That's a great name. So, he went deep in his uh, symposiacs, suggesting that the human eye is like a superhero, shooting out invisible energy rays. And get this, these rays could be so hardcore that they might even knock out kids or little animals. So basically, like, the ultimate staring contest. Talking about, like, windows to the soul. Like, I'm imagining lasers shooting out of people's eyes <laughs> coming from their deep jealousy. Like, who needs a mood ring to let people know how you feel when you can just zap people with your envy lasers? Yeah, I'm gonna be, like constantly on top of my smizing when I'm out and about now after reading about this. Yeah, how many people have you cursed? How many people do you think you've accidentally cursed, Ruth? Well, as we'll hear in this next paragraph, I have brown eyes. 
So I think I'm a little bit less guilty of sending oh. jealousy and envy my way than some of our blue-eyed counterparts. I don't have blue eyes. They don't say anything about green eyes, though. Or like green hazel. and blue adjacent. They're lighter than oh, brown. Fine. That's <laughs> true. They are lighter than brown. Well, let's get into it. What do you mean? Okay, so Plutarch, he wasn't done there. He believed that some folks were like evil eye pros. And he was especially fixated on this group of people down south of the Black Sea. I, according to him, they were like the MVPs of cursing in a way. And uh, here's a wild twist. Those with blue eyes were often the culprits. Why? Well, it turns out blue eyes are like a rare gem in the Mediterranean genetic pool. So if you've got those baby blues, watch out. You might accidentally be casting some evil vibes without even knowing it. Oh, we should watch out for our partners. They've got... They've They've both got blue eyes. eyes. They both have blue eyes. How did we manage that? How did we manage to curse ourselves? We set ourselves up for failure in life. (laughs) We literally were like, bring the danger. I'm ready. (laughs) It's good neither of us have babies, you know? (laughs) Yeah, because Ruth would be sending bad vibes to both of them. Like, it doesn't matter whose it was. Right? So the idea that some folks have this intense glare that can mess things up is pretty standard in evil eye stories. But here's the twist. Not everyone thinks that these gaze masters are out to do harm on purpose. In some cultures, having the power to drop the evil eye is seen as a major bummer, like a curse in of itself. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, that's how how it sucked to grow up in like that culture. And you're just like, I, I swear I'm not doing anything on purpose. But you're just like the scapegoat. Like this just sounds like a way to like find an easy scapegoat when stuff goes wrong that like a village couldn't control or explain they're just like it's the blue-eyed one it's, it's fucking that one. jeremy over there in the corner jeremy stop looking at me baby blues man <laughs> get lost in that ocean of jealousy that makes it really weird when you think about some of the cultures that like love blue eyes like a little too much and you're like yeah oh, is it because they can is it because they can cast the evil eye That's yeah like, do you remember that one, that one- famous photo on that national geographic yes. cover yeah oh yeah uh i think it was uh i'm gonna apologize to anybody who knows and i don't i think it was from a of, of a woman from afghanistan and she's yeah. wearing like this red robe that is covering her head and she just has these piercing eyes stunning photo yeah absolutely but like there was some power in that that was like oh but <laughs> yeah all that to say like i have i do know a couple of blue-eyed guys and gals that are like, if I look at them, I'm like, dude, you got some, you got, those eyes got to hurt. Like, right, like those you are don't some feel that? baby blues. So let me hit you with a wild, wild, wild example from an old Polish folk tale. There's this guy whose gaze was like a curse bomb. <laughs> so strong that he was like, nah, I'm not bringing bad vibes to my people. So what does he do? Dude cuts out his own eyes just to stop spreading misfortune to his own loved ones. And so that's some heavy sacrifice to dodge the evil eye drama. I can't say I'm that, I don't know what to call that, benevolent, like mentally ill. (laughs) Yeah, like, listen, no. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. I feel like one of my biggest uh, fears in life is like something happening to my eyes. Yeah, I can safely say the same. I feel like we depend on them so much. (laughs) Yeah, right. Like literally everything that I do relies on me being able to see. So this is a 
and could do you know like yeah do in the future you like it's like there's no yeah i don't know it's hard to be a graphic designer when you can't look at photoshop exactly uh so folks were dead serious about the idea that a nasty stare could bring on major bad luck so what did they do they went out on a mission to find a way to kick that evil eye to the curb and voila the og nazar amulet was born we're talking ancient here, like way back around like 3300 BC. Wow. That's so, impressive. Yeah, we're going to quote a lot from this doctor's work. Doctor, yeah. uh, I apologize once again. Nisi Yildiran. Yildiran. Dr. Yildiran, a cool art history professor at an Istanbul, uh, Istanbul University. The earliest AI amulets were dug up in Telbrak which is, I guess, an ancient city in Mesopotamia. That's modern-day Syria, I think, right now. And picture this. They weren't your typical eye-shaped charms. They were more like abstract alabaster idols rocking incised eyes. And so that's some serious ancient eye game right there. So they're just carrying around baby statues instead of these charms. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that crazy once you think about it? Like, after our amulets and uh, charms series... It is crazy to think about, like, do you pick a different amulet to carry each day? Do you carry several at a time? Do you just have, like, a bag of trinkets that you've got <laughs> tied to your waist? You're like, I got them all. I'm right. covered. <laughs> exactly. So those ancient alabaster idols from Telbrak were, like, the OGI amulets. But they're far cry from the cool blue glass vibes we're used to today. The classic blue ones didn't uh, start popping up. Uh, in the Mediterranean scene until around like 1500 BCE. Now you might be wondering, how did we go from those ancient idols to the snazzy blue glass versions we know and love? I do wonder. I have the answers for you. Yes. (laughs) So apparently it's all about leveling up the glass game. Uh, Glass beads of the Asian islands and Asia Minor were all because of improvements in glass production. That cool blue color that we associate with the evil eye, it's like a gift from Egyptian glazed mud packing a bunch of oxides. Yeah, unknown what an oxide actually is, but that's what they say. (laughs) Don't worry, it's a real thing. (laughs) I read it online, it's true. It's definitely true. So copper and cobalt then jump in on the action, baking up that sweet blue hue that we can't get enough of. It's like ancient chemistry creating the trendy amulet look. It is always impressive to me that cultures just figured this shit out. Like, we know now a lot about chemistry and how, like, copper reacts with certain things or cobalt and oxides. Like, we understand that now. Maybe not me personally, but, you know. (laughs) But it's just like, cultures just figured this out. They're like, I'm going to stick this thing in a hot-ass oven. And, whoa, look at that. It changed color, and now it's harder, and I can, like, use it as a tool that's amazing yeah i mean like listen i'm sure that there was some semblance of science and tracking for these sorts of things but i do i do wonder like how they figured all this out and like bread how'd we figure that out that we needed to bake it just like to be fair they didn't have to go to the same kind of jobs we do today. And they right. lived in communities where people traded off responsibilities for, like, laundry and cooking. So, like, you had a lot more time to just, like, hang out 
and you got bored. And when humans get bored, we try weird things. Like, we do try weird things. We, we'll eat weird foods. We'll put stuff in fire. Like, it's like it's our base instinct to be like, well, I'm bored. So let's just start combining a bunch of weird shit and see what happens. And now we have this. <laughs> yeah, it just makes me think back to, like, all the funny people with crazy jobs we always talk about. Like, I loved, like, the magicians in the Amulet series where it's like, or or no, it was the uh, Plato and all his buddies, like, figuring out what has vibes with each other so then the magicians have to like make the amulets based off the vibes of everything mm-hmm. it's like yeah. dude we truly had so much time so much more time on our hands <laughs> and so back in ancient egypt they were rocking these blue eye of horus pendants basically kind of like the og modern uh nazar and early turkic tribes were all about this specific shade of blue thanks to their sky deity tengri Ooh, cool. <laughs> yeah. And now these blue evil eye beads started making the rounds big time. Phoenicians, Assyrians, Greeks, Romans, everyone was vibing with them. The Ottomans in particular took the trend to a whole new level. Even though the action was mostly in the Mediterranean and the Levant, these blue eyed beads were like globe trotters, making their way to all corners of the globe thanks to trade and empires doing their thing. Gotta love that imperialism. There it is. <laughs> so the evil eye's been on the scene for ages, and not much has changed in how we use it. We're still slapping evil eyes on the side of planes, just like the Egyptians and the Etruscans painted eyes on their ships for safe travels. And get this, because I personally am so jealous when I see another country's warships going out, I'm like, dude, that ship makes me envious. <laughs> It really gets my eye lasers going. Definitely. (laughs) And so get this, in Turkey, it's a tradition to bring an evil eye token to the newborns, like you were saying. Babies. Babies. All because they believe little ones are mostly at risk of catching that curse. Once again, I am out to destroy these babies. Ruth is the one that they're actually protecting. Ruth, are you like some ancient deity that hates babies? (laughs) I hate babies. And you can quote me on that. She's just so jealous. (laughs) I don't understand got cute outfits and they look so dumb i just want to kick them (laughs) we're gonna have a lot of dirt on ruth by the end of this right (laughs) it's gonna be great i think uh one thing that people might see which is like a very recent modern evolution of the evil eye is obviously we're used to the blue but now you can find them in different colors really i yeah and like i started to see some where like so we are, we're used to the blue on blue, but then there's red evil eyes, which supposedly signify, like, courage and protection. Oh. Um, it's, it's interesting, yeah. And then there's white evil eyes and black and pink. And I think this is a very modern thing now that we can, like, now that we have, like, color magic and we've yeah. blended these cultures so much i think that this is just a natural evolution of like well if the evil eye protects from jealousy we need other colors to protect from other things right so sometimes you can find different colored evil eyes yeah that's a great that's a great little evolution would that make this categorize it as a complex amulet Ooh, uh i think so because yeah we have glass it's color it's color it's glass and it's is it inscribed? I mean, what's no. what was the one that was stepped down from a complex amulet? 
compound. Yeah, compound, compound amulet was just when you combine two things where it's oh, like, oh, yeah, I, I like wrapped this amethyst in copper wire to make it a necklace is like a compound amulet. Yeah, so it'd have to be a compound amulet. I think thing. it's compound because you're just combining color with uh, the eye, which is considered to be the important thing, the symbol. It's not even like the glass is what's causing the protection. It's the eye symbol itself. So like, right. you can draw it, you can paint it, you can make it out of clay. <laughs> Man, it's so cool that we know all this knowledge now about these sorts of things. Super fun. That's why we're here, making this podcast. Yay, we're doing it. We're doing it. No babies allowed, though. No babies allowed, apparently. Noted. I'll tell all our baby subscribers to leave. <laughs> right. Uh, so anyways, this, this ancient vibe is still going strong to this day, and that's, that's kind of cool. Hell yeah. So don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. If you're a fan of the podcast, we need you to do this to find new fans. Or else, hey, our eye lasers, they're coming for you. They're coming for you. So tell your friends, follow us on all socials. Our handles are Sweet Death Inc. and Mystic Fool Tarot on all platforms. See you later. Bye.